0: What is up, designers, and welcome back to the Grand Design Podcast. Um, today is going to be a little, it's going to be a brief episode, only about 15 minutes, 16 minutes or something like that, uh, because I talked to, you know, with the other guy that does this podcast with me, my co-host, you know, my boy from, from day one, uh, Rashad, and he mentioned one time that it might be a little easier to digest if this podcast had, along with the long episodes, some short episodes. And so I'm going to come in, like, just give my thoughts of the day sometimes. And off the cuff, provide some of these shorter episodes, for, you know, for people to listen to. Um, so this episode is, like I said, about 16, 17 minutes long. Uh, it depends on how long this intro is going to be, actually. But uh, in this podcast episode, what I'm talking about is, like, the usefulness of the neurotic type, frenetic type personalities... Or ways of interfacing with society that we see in people like Elon Musk and Donald Trump and Kanye West. And how I feel like that personality type leads to a, a better understanding of of how they can more powerfully craft and create their next idea. You understand what I mean? If you don't understand what I mean, well, the podcast will kind of explain what I, what I mean. Like, you know, the ways that they tweet and the ways they interface with the society it 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 in a way it lends to them um the power to create ideas that people will say is genius and uh i kind of like discuss the process of how they do th- of how i believe that they do that um in this podcast episode so um i'm just tapping the mic to make sure uh it's on but yeah, that's really what I all got to say. I'm going to um, shove you over to the intro music, but um, if you enjoy this podcast episode, I first of all, I appreciate you for listening, but uh, rate and review this podcast if you like it pretty please. Um, yeah, without further ado, here's the intro music. Hope you enjoy. How do people like us, the visionaries, the creatives, real people with real ideas, People who don't have mass budgets, platforms, or teams. And people who live in this noisy world dominated by internet gurus, influencers, and big brands. The people attempting to make a dream on our own dollar. How do we get our ideas to pierce through all the noise in not only a massive, but a massively profitable way? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dallas, and this is Grand Design. The podcast about taking the ideas in your head, pushing them out into the world, and becoming a master. What is up, designers, and welcome back to the Grand Design Podcast. You got a brief episode today, um, but what I'm talking about in this episode today is, um, you know, the different personality types, you know. Well, let me be more specific. What we're talking about in today's episode is, you know, people like Elon Musk, Kanye West, Donald Trump, and how outwardly in the public eye they appear to have this frenetic style of interfacing with the world. And what I want to talk about in this podcast episode, even though I keep screwing it up, is that how I think that frenetic personality type, that neurotic, you know, like think about how Kanye West tweets, how Elon Musk tweets, how Trump tweets and things like that, um, is actually conducive to... Having a greater ability to induct people into your culture, into your mass movement, okay? And it goes a little bit into the idea that I discussed in the last episode, podcast in the episode before that, because in those two episodes, I talked about how your idea has to be, you know, in order to have an idea being pushed out into society in the form of a mass movement, a new, beautiful Powerfully, grow, powerfully growing, trending mass movement, your idea has to be prolific, um, which by prolific I mean your idea has to be not the same as what they already believe, but not different to the point where they're alienated by it, okay, and um, even that idea is based off something in Russell Brunson's Expert Secrets book called the Prolific Index, Okay, the prolific index, just it's just an index to define the prolificness of your ideas. You know, how easily is your idea going to catch on or does your idea has the propensity to catch on? You know, the prolific index defines a spectrum where both sides of the spectrum are craziness and the middle of the spectrum is mainstream in that your ideas have to be somewhere in between craziness and mainstream in order to catch on. And what I'm explaining in this episode is that I believe the frenetic person, like the neurotic, you know, way of interfacing with society has a lot to do with, you know, or or is, or is a method in some ways of actually creating ideas that are prol- prolific. You understand what I mean? Because it allows them to keep a pulse on what society is feeling by gauging how they, you know, you gauge how society is feeling by their reactions to a lot of your messages. Um, that was a mouthful. Um, this is like the fifth take of me doing this podcast episode. Even though a super brief podcast episode, I like to be super clear in what I'm saying. And so I'm going to illustrate this with a story that I remember reading in uh, Expert Secrets, uh, which is Russell Brunson's book. Uh, or maybe I heard it in the podcast episode, I don't remember. But Russell Brunson is super masterful at inducting people into new ideas, or new opportunities, whatever you want to call them, okay, like, he'll get up on stage and do, like, a presentation, uh, and in that presentation, he'll, by, by the end of that presentation, he'll, like, at the growth, x 10 grow front in 90 minutes, he'll sell three million dollars of a new opportunity, a new product, that that presentation indoctrinated them into wanting, into desiring, or he's been very good at indu- inducting people into his culture of funnel hackers. There are a lot of people on the internet. One of the biggest and most influenced groups on the internet of entrepreneurs, period, is the funnel hacker group who follows ClickFunnels and and you know, all that stuff. And I remember in one particular episode, he was responding to the praise that you know people would say, "Hey, how do you you know uh, when you get up on stage and you do these presentations?" How do you structure them in such a way where all the stories in your presentation, because in order to induct somebody into your mass movement, you know, you have to rewrite the stories that are in their brain and um, rewrite and, and rewrite them with new stories. OK, that support their induction into your culture and people were, you know, and it's a very hard thing to do. I remember when I was younger. You know, because I would do these webinars, which is what webinars is all about. It's about taking false beliefs, getting rid of them and rewriting them with new new beliefs. It's really a pr- process of indoctrinating people into whatever culture you want to provide them, whether that's the culture that needs this new product or whether it's the culture that they will new or a group that they identify as. It's all about taking their old beliefs and throwing them out. But right. Rewriting people's beliefs is very hard. I remember, you know, I had several webinars like um where I would try to sell things at the end, and my webinar is always bombed. I wasn't always able to sell people things at the end because I was always, I always failed to rewrite the beliefs as they went through the webinar. And people will always say, Russell Brunson, how do you tell stories, such stories, and uh, that has, you know, and align them with messages in such a flawless way that you can sell 3 million in 90 minutes from one presentation? Okay, and I, in order to explain how he was able to do something like that, He referenced, I believe, like, stand-up comedians or something like that. And he says, uh, you know, like, a stand-up comedian, when they go to, like, Madison Square Garden or where they do a special, like, Kevin Hart, they get up on stage and they, like, like, every joke they tell, they have people dying. Like, Like, he used the same exact process for books. Like, every single joke that comedian tells is just pure gold. And people are, like, you know, similarly to how he can tell a bunch of stories and it's pure gold and it rewrites everyone's beliefs in the audience flawlessly you know, this comedian can get up and everything he says is gold and people will praise the comedian likewise and say, how is it that you're able to like write a stand-up to the point where everybody enjoys it like just to a T, like every every joke is just, like how can you do something like that? How can you just know what the audience wants to hear and will laugh at, you know, just off, just on the fly? And Russell Brunson was telling this story about how the comedians process, like a, a comedian, like what they do is, and this was like, blowing my mind at the time because remember I was bawling webinar after webinar after webinar and was wondering how do I know the right message to induct people into my culture into my mass, which is something that like I said I'm documenting my life and what I learned I'm not preaching to you I don't know I'm not an expert but uh and so this is something I still struggle with but how do I know what messages that my audience need to hear to either to to Be inducted into opportunity, whether an opportunity is the opportunity to laugh, whether it's the opportunity to be part of my movement, whether it's the opportunity to buy a product. How can I get it crystal clear? Like, so I'm my mind's being blown as he's telling this story of the comedians. And so, what he was saying about the comedians is that comedians, before they get to Madison Square Garden, when they're working on a stand up, what they do is they write a set of jokes, and then he said they go to down down to the bar or something like that, or to, to some unknown stand up club in the city or something like that, and they test all the jokes. And what they do is They take the jokes that don't work and they throw them out. And at the end of the night, the jokes that people laughed at, they go and they keep those. And they do that process over and over and over again until they have a stand-up of jokes that made people laugh um, all across. Like, like they only have what's left. They have like an hour, 30 minutes of only the jokes that made people laugh. And then they go to Madison Square Garden and it seems like everything's a hit because they've put out so many bad jokes and only took the good ones. And he says he uses a similar process like before he does a presentation or before he writes a book he goes online he goes on lives he he does a bunch of other presentations that he might not as promote as hard he goes on other people's you know to other people's events and things like that and he tells a bunch of stories he uses it like he he just exhausts his rolodex of stories every time and he keeps the stories that are good and that you know he saw a reaction from the audience that suggested they you know they had that light bulb moment that signifies their beliefs were rewritten and using that, he, you know, at the end of the day, when he goes and does his own book or his own presentation that he really wants to sell on, all he has left are the, you know, the Rolodex of stories that were successful at giving people that light bulb moment, which signifies their beliefs were written and they're ready to move on uh, and be inducted. OK, and so when he gets up and he does his presentation, he sells three million in 90 minutes is because. He has all these golden stories that he knows will rewrite people's false beliefs and gives them the new you know, the new beliefs that they need in order to step forward and actually accept his opportunity. Um, when there's a lack of, you know what I'm saying, when all false belief crumbles, the only, th- the only option people really have as human beings is to accept the new beliefs that you're giving them and step forward into the opportunity. There's no resistance left in his own words when, there are no false beliefs holding them back from an opportunity. The lack of false beliefs is belief, you know. And if you believe this opportunity can change your change your life, you'll do anything for it. And so, I'm saying similar to that concept, um, I look at, and man, it's funny learning about all this different marketing stuff. Even though this isn't really a marketing podcast, learning all about this like these different ways people approach you know, marketing and storytelling in order to induct people in their, you know, to, to, to discover rather which stories are not too crazy for people to accept and which stories aren't too mundane and too mainstream to accept and using this process to determine which beliefs are prolific enough. Like they're, you know, they got enough of the old and enough of the new to where people would accept them and it will give them a light bulb moment. Learning about all this stuff, you know, uh, just recently I've been applying uh, that perspective to a lot of what other people are doing in society who aren't necessarily like traditionally like or trained direct response marketers and so looking at it in that way I look at people like Kanye West and Donald Trump because if you look at them a lot of them have cult they have cult followings you know make America great again like, that's a cult following you know uh, Elon Musk he has a cult following people love Elon Musk they'll buy his flame doors. they'll buy his poop you know, same with Kanye West. You know what I'm saying? I'm a big Kanye West fan, you know? Um, but when I look at Kanye West, and, you know, like, everything that they do, like, they do have these concrete cults that follow them, and will pretty much ride with them and do anything that they say, even if you're saying crazy things. Like, his tweets are crazy. Like, um... But this is the way I look at it, you know? Having... Like like tweeting like a thousand miles per hour, like sending out all these crazy tweets. The way I look at it is like that comedian at the bar telling these jokes, you know, it enables him to have a pulse on society because he can immediately get a direct response, like direct response marketing, uh, to the ideas that he's putting out. And so when he's putting out all these crazy tweets, quote unquote crazy tweets or whatever you want to call them, um, what he's doing is telling the bad jokes and telling he's telling the jokes and he's seeing which ideas are too mainstream for the, for his for the for people to actually bond with and which ideas are too crazy to be bond, for people to bond with and which ideas are in that prolific zone that people need to hear more of and he just takes the ideas that are in a prolific zone and he goes to these interviews and he makes a culture around them like he continues to perpetuate the ideas that people love the you know the ideas that are in the goldilocks zone that are in the green zone um same with Donald Trump if he says something that goes too far that that idea will kind of like fade off the map if he says something that's too mainstream that no one really reacts to he looks to to where people are reacting to where people are like oh you know because those are the prolific ideas that cultures and cults are formed around you know what i mean um and so i look at you know just a long story short i look at when they're sending out all these tweets as a process of feeling out what society is like, what society is feeling and using that as a gauge to create or really to create cultures around new ideas if that kind of makes sense uh, I know that's like a really wordy podcast a little bit of a mouthful Not might might not make the most sense but uh, I don't know like I feel like in a way, people are just testing the waters. They're trying to keep their pulse on what people are feeling, in order to create. Because if you look at one of the uh, one of the qualities of an attractive character, which is attractive character is one of the components of a mass movement, as defined by, by Russell Brunson's Expert Secrets. Um, one of the one of the qualities of attractive characters is they have nonstop inventiveness. They have a, they have prolific ideas, like they're a prolific idea creator. And so, you know, like I say, I, I feel like this is a process of finding what ideas are in a prolific zone so they can continue to be at the cutting edge and continue to be inventive and produce ideas and topics and, and things that people haven't necessarily thought of. And they'll call people like Elon Musk and Kanye I said, call them. Like, oh, he's a genius. You know, oh, he because they're, they're always saying something insightful, but they get those insightful ideas from these tests that they're running. You understand what I, like, does that make any sense at all? I don't know. You can get a gauge of what everybody's thinking, but no one is saying. The secrets in society. By really just listening to a society, giving it stimulus, and seeing how it responds. Okay? That's pretty much all I'm saying in this podcast. So, you know, I would implore people, if if I can have the authority to implore people to do anything, with this episode to say really be on the lookout I don't want to implore you to do anything I'm, I'm personally going to be more on the lookout and I'm going to kind of experiment with you know the ways that people you know on my own by using some of the ways that these guys are interfacing with society because I believe they might be on to something that's really pretty much it. I don't really have much else to say in this episode. Um, thank you for listening. This is Dallas, and this is the Grand Design Podcast. This was like a little bit off the cuff. Um, if you like this uh, podcast, please rate and subscribe and leave a little review and all that cool stuff. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say. Um, here's the theme music. Peace out.